0: Jeff, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Whoa. So tune
1: in with Phil and Brett. Pretty good cooking. Pretty good
2: cooking. All right. So we are starting our very first PGC podcast. Hi, I'm Brett. Hi, I'm Phil. Beautiful. So first things first Phil. what do you think of the theme? I didn't ask for any of your input and I made it anyway.
3: I I think it is far more professional than anything that has ever been uh, I don't I don't want to say graced with the PGC name <laughs> uh, but perhaps burdened by our our branding uh, it's 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 pretty good and you, you know what? If we make it past episode one of this podcast, I'm going to I'm I will commit now that I'm going to sing along with that theme song at some point with my low key perfect pitch.
2: All I can tell you, real talk, is I've already done that um, while sharing it with a friend. He's like, hey, what do you what do you got going on? And I'm, you know, we're just catching up. And I told him it was after I sent him out the uh, I sent out the video. The last uh, week's video which is the one that features my uh, chunkiness in it and
3: uh, I think it's pronounced chunkiness yes
2: chunkiness Um, I sent that out to some friends they didn't know I did it so they thought that was funny and he's like what's going on with this blah 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 I was like oh we're actually doing a podcast he's like really I'm like oh yeah I got a theme commissioned he's like what so I played it while singing along not a fan well that's that's okay (laughs) it's it's uh, a catchy uh, tune
3: What's 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 the story? Who are, who are the fine lads who produced that beautiful tune?
2: Oddly enough, one guy, his name's Eric Dano. He is in Texas, and I forget probably Austin area. I'm guessing since it's artsy. Um, and he he has a couple of his own albums, and then on he he does different themes for different stuff. Um through actually fiverr i don't know if you have you ever used fiverr yeah i know i know
3: Fiverr. i never used it for anything but yeah so i'm a i'm a young person who uses the internet
2: there you go right that's about it have you ever heard of it it ends in two r's for the extra r's for and uh i don't know what that means i don't either and so i i went on there for a bit just kind of i'm like eh i wanted to do something because uh I've, i've gone down the podcasting road before and uh Last thing you want is anything that could possibly get a copyright claim, because then, like, you literally just get your whole thing removed, and then you get to kind of, you know, re-edit. So, Sounds terrible. It's not. It's it's work, and we know how much we don't like that. And so, I was like, well, if I get something made, that can't hit you with a copyright claim because it's yours. So I looked on there, and then uh, I listened to. He had some available clips, and he'd done a bunch of. Um, Other small podcast themes. And most of it was like a punk or ska type stuff. And I was like, hey, so this is what we're doing. This is what the YouTube channel is like. You know, can you do me something like third wave ska cheesy, you know, something like Real Big Fish? He's like, he's like, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got that. He's like, how long do you want? I'm like, I don't know. What's appropriate? He's like, well, I normally do 30 seconds. He goes, how about you toss me 10 more bucks and I'll give you an outro version that's just like the, at the end, the Ah. the chorus. So for a couple extra. Couple extra fivers. He uh, gave us an outro too.
3: I think I think you made good decision making there, uh, specifically because you recognized that he specialized in small podcasts, and I guarantee there is no smaller podcast <laughs> than this. This is, as we have no listeners.
2: Yes, currently we are at. Oh wait, hold on. We actually have subscribers. I don't know if I told you what? this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Phil, I put out a teaser in the Discord. The people oh, have okay. the the people have come to us.
3: The, the good people. The good people. The good people of the dick sword.
2: Yes, and I will let you know that we currently have six followers.
3: That's pretty good.
2: So flying on a high right about now. I don't know about you. I feel great. Okay, well so uh we're just gonna kinda go into a couple of things here. The main point of this is just to kind of expand on the PGC world. Uh and backstory. So let's back up a bit. How did this come about? Well, Philip was a nice gentleman and had me over to his house to make a an episode. Uh, the following Thursday then, uh, I invited him to join a friend and I out for dinner and drinks, which we, we did. And then afterwards, we went to Internet Famous Jimbo's Farm, um, where there were goats and alcohol and chickens. And I had my fill of alcohol and goats and chickens and uh I said we should definitely do this and Phil said sure I don't have to do any of the work I'm in I think that's pretty pretty much the summary
3: Yeah no that's fair okay <laughs> That's what happened Yeah yeah I fair. was there the entire time
2: Yes he is he has uh, officially committed So I was
3: I was present and pleasant
2: Yes yes and, and a heck of a driver you know I'd even say a safe driver
3: It's yeah I strive for not necessarily safe driving, uh, but for, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh,
2: conscientious?
3: Un, no, un- unstimulating driving.
2: Oh Well, I don't, the I, driving, yeah, that,
3: driving that will cause you no jimmies to be rustled.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was only the second time we met in person. So if you stimulated me in the passenger seat, it would have probably been an issue. That's fair. Okay. I,
3: I agree with that statement. Okay. <laughs>
2: Fantastic. All right, so we're going to kind of run through um, just some PGC stuff. Uh, My plan right uh, for this first one is, and for ongoing ones, is we're going to try to do this somewhat monthly, if that sounds good for my counterpart, the star of Pretty Good Cooking. Yes. Okay. And so... In the vein of that, um, I'm not going to go back for the what six years of uh, dedicated content, uh, but I am going to go back to about the beginning. I'm sorry, about the end of May, beginning of June. So, what we start off with is a beautiful episode where you make uh, a fine Italian sausage. Um, so, just to bring us into the mood of that, I'd like to play a, a short clip which appeared in the beginning of the this episode, which we may all remember and love.
3: Wow, I'm thirsty. Oh whoa look. It's important to remember when making sausages that you need to keep everything very clean <laughs> so as not to contaminate the sausage. We got uh we got a long night ahead of us.
2: So I think that pretty much set the mood for that one. Uh <laughs> 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 as as Kevin uh, put his beer juices on all of your goods um, And then it kind of went from there So let's get into that So first of all, um, you got a gift A sausage making kit, so tell us about that
3: Yeah, uh, a nice gentleman, uh, Chris Roberts uh, Is his name, he's a long time fan of the show uh, He's been emailing me, commenting on videos for a long time He is a legitimate butcher uh, so he he is a person who, unlike me, actually has a skill and a craft, mm. uh, and and deeply cares about what he does. So would um, you so, say
2: that he respects the ingredients?
3: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a professional. Right. right? I,
2: I know other people don't have any respect for ingredients.
3: Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Okay. Um. So he he uh, reached out and he said, "Hey, man, I think it would be pretty cool if you made sausage on the show, and I'll send you all the stuff for it." And I was like, "Well, that's that's exceedingly generous." Mm-hmm. And you know, it kind of was on my radar, anyways. Uh, you know, I, as a, uh, as a, as an amateur cook, uh, as, as such that I am now, where it's it's a hobby, uh, it's something I do in my leisure time. I've, you know, I, I'm trying to continually learn how to do new things, and sausage making was on the list, right? Because yeah, I, I like meat,
1: mm-hmm. I like
3: uh, I like making things, and you know, is sausage my favorite thing in the world? No, no. I, I think there are plenty of things better than sausage, uh, but it, the, it, it intrigued me. And, and you know, if you've if you've ever watched any videos of people making sausages, I mean, it's it's uh, the physical act mm. of putting the meat in the casing is in itself comical.
2: Yes, it, I, it was it's, hysterical.
3: It's, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit like pooping, mm. so it's, it's a little bit like uh, taking a shit in a condom. Of, there's a little bit of, of kind of a sexual act as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't say that to, to uh, you know, rile anybody up. But it's just, it's so bizarre and uncomfortable. And really, if you think about what you're doing, it's, it's kind of disgusting. And so I thought that would be really entertaining,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: and also would be fun to learn. Uh, true, true facts about that episode. Um, I spent a couple of days before that uh, mm. trying to make sausages of various kinds. And that's what I was
2: gonna uh, ask too, because uh, you did mention during it, uh, pretty much like, oh, it's better if I add some air and this and that. So it did look like you for the first time ever actually did show prep.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's true. I uh, I did practice it a little bit ahead of time. Um, and I made some various things. I actually, the first batch or maybe the second, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I tried smoking the sausages. Um, mm. uh, and I, I forget exactly what recipe I used. Um, but I was trying to make some kind of like, I don't know, something comparable to something you buy at a gas station. And you, you know what? I, I made something that is comparable, but somehow worse. Like it was, they, they were not good. Mm. Um, so in fact i i came into that episode with skepticism uh kind of like a, a fairly negative first try and i was like god if i could just make something better than i made yesterday then that that'll be a good goal for this episode
2: and is that why you want italian sausage it seemed the uh, the easiest option
3: uh no actually chris sent me probably like three or four different recipes mm. um but this was his number one like He, I I actually, I had several back and forths with him where I was like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know what you're doing. Can you like, you give me a rundown on like what I should be doing? And you know, in all fairness, he was like, I don't know how I'm going to train you over the internet. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but he pointed me in the direction. He said, this one's a good starter one. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go ahead and try that? And that's what I was going for. I also, uh, I don't know. I think when I think about sausages, I just it's kind of like Italian sausages. I think that's a I think that's a nice sausage.
2: Well, that and when you go to the grocery store, let's see what are your options: mild Italian, slash, sweet Italian, hot Italian, or well, at least in our area, country, which just means they ground some pork and threw some dextrose in it and put it in a casing.
3: Well, that's that's where that's where our lives are different, Brett,
1: because
3: <laughs> uh, you know, as a as a loyal patron of the Lucky's Market. They make a wide variety of housemade sausages there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and th- they—they're all over the board, man. Like, it, you can get—you can get brats, you can get spicy sausage, uh, and then they—they they get bold sometimes, man. Sometimes they—they they put feta and spinach uh, in the sausage. Oh, uh, they got like probably like four varieties of chicken sausages. Uh, they always got Andouille. Uh, I think I've seen them put blueberries in the sausages. And I don't know about that. Hmm. Uh, but they, they are on the regular producing a wide variety of gourmet sausages. And that's why I went to them to procure the pork for this sausage. I was like, hey, I'm trying to make some sausage. You got any of that <laughs> sa- sausage meat? And they're like, this, some, some is that good literally, good. this is literally the pork that we
2: use. Yep.
3: And I was like, well, that's perfect. Thanks well, very much.
2: Well, I will uh, mention Wednesday... Yeah, Wednesday of my vacation out in the land of PGC, I bought sausage from Lucky's and grilled it for my lunch. And it was delicious. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I can I uh, can agree. Um, in my area, they're the local farmer's market, so we have like an indoor farmer's market that's been around for whatever. It's at the uh, our fairgrounds, actually. And there they have a stand called Mr. Bill's Poultry. Uh, not as in, oh no, Mr. Bill's, but there's a guy there literally named Bill. Um, and they make it's all poultry based so it's either turkey or chicken but it's the same it's like uh they'll have like jerk chicken mango or yeah. curry uh i it's it's so ba- it's so basic bitch but i love their uh they have a buffalo chicken that has chunks of blue cheese already in it
3: oh yeah oh that sounds divine
2: yeah That's yeah, it's amazing
3: i it, i'm going to i'm going to make another bold statement okay go for this it is a, a bold this is a hot take
2: oh hot take
3: i like chicken sausage as much as pork sausage
2: you know what, as long as they, if if they're using thighs and they keep the fat in it, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's when they do those 99% lean, what's those, like, I don't know if you have it, like the Applegate Farm sausages.
3: I'm not buying that. Yeah,
2: no, no, it's just, it's it's flavored sawdust. Pass.
3: Hard pass.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, I had
3: the meat processing plant. That's probably what they do with the chicken buttholes.
2: Yeah, probably just grind them up some some idiot thinks this is good for them.
3: oh no. I'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> Chickens don't have buttholes. they got cloaca
2: yes they do yes they do that's a that's a pee-pee and a poopy hole hole in one and an egg hole
3: all purpose
2: yes and apparently it gets in if in chickens it gets infected often especially if they're egg bearers so that's something to look forward to did you say poo-poo and peepee? I did say poo-poo and peepee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I know you're you're the uh, you're driving this narrative. All right, shit and I'm piss, gonna, Phil. goddammit. I'm going to
3: steer this a different direction okay. just for one second. Okay, please do. Because I know what the people want to hear. Mm. So, Brett, what are mm. you sipping on?
2: Oh, what am I sipping on? Hold on, one second. I actually have. Hmm. Beautiful, Colonel E. H. Taylor, and yourself.
3: I, I got a, um, a an uh, world market glass that is amber it's made to look retro it's uh, it's covered in grip dots <laughs> kind of like the balls energy drink
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and in that glass I have some old forester uh, mixed with a combination of sweet iced tea mm. and sweet lemonade both produced in-house by Lucky's Market. Beautiful. And I, I'll, I've I'll had both of what, those.
2: Also excellent. Fantastic.
3: That, that tea and lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, both products on their own are too sweet. Mm. They're so sweet that my my darling wife, who uh, just absolutely adores sweet tea, was like, "This is too sweet."
2: Yeah, I got. And
3: so, so me, mm-hmm. who does not particularly like sweet things, I'm like, "Well, if I put enough alcohol on that, maybe maybe it'll be okay."
2: Yeah, I definitely got. I got the lemonade, which was fantastic. And then I got, uh, what was it, watermelon basil? I don't drink sweetened tea, so I think it was watermelon basil unsweetened.
3: Yeah, they, they do have that.
2: Yeah, it was really so good. you had
3: that while you were there?
2: Oh, yeah. I, uh, I lived in Lucky's when I came out to visit. I, lived I it, loved I love, I loved it. I lived in Lucky's, and I lived in um, uh, Wylands too. Yeah. Those are my, those are, those are my spots. You,
3: those are the places I go.
2: See, look at that. I was stalking you without stalking you.
3: Okay. Well, that's good.
2: <laughs> all right, let's get this. Train I got I gotta, I
3: gotta. I, I'm sorry again. I gotta, I gotta talk about those Lucky's tea prices. All right, because they okay. they just recently started manufacturing tea in house, and you know it's gotta be some, you know, like some hippie, probably with good hygiene. Mm. I, I've never smelled anyone bad there. <laughs> uh, but they, it's probably someone you know. They're they got they're pulling some tea off a shelf and they're. Mm-hmm putting it in a Cambro and they're marking that shit up right so the first time that i bought tea from lucky's i was like oh, oh it looked like i got in-house tea uh they had a little sample it tasted good and i looked at it and it was advertised as five dollars mm. for a 32 ounce jug and i was like what in the f- sam hell this is highway robbery no one's gonna pay five dollars for 32 ounces of tea that is ridiculous but then i look i took a closer look and the 32-ounce container was labeled as $1.49. was like, that's a good value. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fucking buy three of them. So I did. And I brought them up to the cash register. I felt like I was, I was getting a steal, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. it's a mislabeled price. Well, I, I was there uh, like two days ago. They're still selling them for $1.49. So I think maybe that, uh, maybe the sign was wrong.
1: Mm. Who's,
3: who's wrong? Me or the sign? was this, it a good value hmm. did they uh, did they just did they just skew my perception of how much I, I should pay for their tea versus how much i did did I did I just get the illusion of a good value
2: these are deep thoughts <laughs> i it was good um let's see it's not so, five dollar good no uh, it could be a marketing ploy that way you always when you see that it, it forces you to buy it because it, you think it's mislabeled
3: who, who's gonna pay five dollars for tea?
2: All right. So real talk again. Um, <laughs> I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. So not not iced tea. So well, I do drink iced tea, but when it comes to tea, tea for uh, for for consuming at work, I buy loose tea from a a little shop that's inside of a bookstore in Savannah, Georgia, called the Savannah Tea Room. And my favorite tea is the coconut Puchong at twelve dollars an ounce. Now, if you've ever bought four ounces of a tea for $48. And then it shows up and you realize it's this about this. I'm mm, uh, using my hands here, uh, but a tiny little bag of leaves. shows up. <laughs> it's a little disappointing, but it is fantastic. Is, Absolutely. Is
3: fantastic. That, no, no, that's, um, that's different though, right? Cause you gotta make a shitload of tea with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're not using a, you're not using a ton. Um, that's the way i justify it in my mind as well uh you're only you're using a pinch inside of a, a diffuser or infuser or i think they call them tea infusers right whatever it's
3: either an infuser or a diffuser but i don't remember
2: i mean it diffuses into the water but i think you're infusing the T- water with tea Tea steeper there you go it's the tea ball that makes the water rounds it like tea uh yeah so no that like a four ounce tin will last me a good amount of time but I would say it's 100% worth it. Once you get into tea stuff, it gets a little nerdy, but 100%. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, now that that's derailed, let's get back to sausage. So uh, one one part we might remember from that episode, too, is when you're uh, you're sniffing the casings and also having Kevin sniff the casings. So, oh, no. So for on a scale of fart to corpse fart, where are we?
3: Okay, so dear listeners – y'all know what casings are, right? That's a that's a dead animal's intestine. <laughs> okay, it's an entrail, and you know that they uh, they cure them in salt, uh, and you know there's refrigeration involved. But really, what it comes down to is the tract that leads to the animal's butthole, uh, and that's what it is. And it's so it smells. Um, uh, honestly, on, towards the corpse end. Uh, mm. Less like shit, more like dead something. Mm. And uh, golly, man, I, I the first time I I did smell them, which was not on camera, that was not my first time smelling them, I, I came real close to them. blown chunks.
2: Mm-mm. Now there's, uh, I don't know if you've ever had it, speaking of sausages, one of my favorites is a, it's a, uh, like a Latin American slash Spanish one called Morcilla. Which is like a Spanish blood sausage, and it's it's pork fat, pork blood, and rice with spices. Oh, it's in a natural snapping kit. I love it. I get it once every two weeks, probably. I stand by my work, but uh, that's one that grosses pretty much everybody out when you eat it. Like turns your like teeth kind of black, you know, from the blood. Um, that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so it's uh it's so good. I, I know it's terrible for you too. But it is it is delicious. If you ever get a chance, yeah. listeners, morcilla, M-O-R-C-I-L-L-A.
3: Okay, yeah, I'll keep
2: uh You might. I, you know what? I'll, um, I'll
3: keep an open mind.
2: You know what, though? <laughs> I mean, you have Saraga. I will bet you money they have Morcia in that Latin aisle. They do. Yeah. Honestly, give it a shot. Um, just get the get the casing nice and crispy. It's it's delicious. I don't give a what anybody say
3: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna walk away but using the magic of technology mm. i got one of them wireless headsets so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pour myself another drink and we'll, we'll see <laughs> if the uh, the headset
2: let's see let's see what happens here works Just all right so what, I'll, I'll put on some crowd noise so it's like you're walking through a crowded area there goes. Phil. Is this your
3: soundboard? Is this <laughs> Yes. Uh, you're really uh, creating the illusion that my house is full of people.
2: It hundred percent is. There, there he is. He's
3: God damn, who who let all these people in my house?
2: It's getting to a noisier section.
3: Guys, you guys uh, you guys taking the bus? Did this bus go downtown? <laughs> I don't wanna go downtown though. Right
2: oh! oh, oh, oh he's, getting, he's getting past him. He's getting past him. Oh, there we go. Look, he's, he's getting a little bit quieter area, I think. Here. There we go. Yeah,
3: that's because I'm not saying anything.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was I was lowering the crowd volume. You just ruined the illusion. You just ruined the illusion, you cocksucker. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Rude. Rude. Uh, that's it. End of crowd illusion. Now everybody's going to know that there's nobody at your house right now. Thanks, Phil.
3: Yeah, it's the, the perfect time to break <laughs> into my house.
2: I'm sorry. Okay. The, 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 the only noises I have, I have either crowd noise or we can go tonight you know, if you're out enjoying the crickets.
3: No, that's all right. Uh, we're, uh, every, everything's fine and I'm back and we don't need any any more illusions.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: All right, so uh, let's say. All right, back to the uh, sausage episode. So obviously this took a a hell of a long time to film, as we can tell, uh, near the end. Um, So I'm just going to play a clip near the end, which uh, I think describes greatly how over the episode you were.
3: So glad we're almost at the part where I don't have to try anymore. I'm tired. Okay, these are going in that pan. What up? I'm gonna cook these down. I'm gonna go ahead and throw in some pre-made marinara. <laughs> if you wanted to try hard here, you could, but we've tried as hard as we're gonna try today. So here's my garlic marinara from a jar, no problem.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> these are my favorite PGC moments is when I can tell you really don't care anymore and you just want everybody out of your house. And you just want to eat. Am I feeling that right?
3: That that's that, that does happen, and and so uh, just for just for some additional background on on how we film the show, um, this is an improvised show, right? So, uh, basically, what we're capturing uh, at, at this point, we've we've cooked everything I know how to make. Most of the time, <laughs> I'm trying to learn something new, and we do it on Tuesday nights. Uh, so as I get Older, and I'm not that old by any means. But the older I get, the more and more difficult it has become to uh, work a full day and then come home and do some bullshit. And I, I love my uh, creative partner John to death, uh, but he can he can be a real butthole sometimes. So he'll <laughs> he he knows that annoying me is a way to get a funny reaction out of me. Um, so you know with the, the with those various factors, um, you know, if you worked if you worked a full day and then you try and cook something, it takes fucking three, four mm-hmm. hours or, or whatever. At a certain point, you know, I just I just I don't got any gas in the tank.
1: Yep, and it. and,
3: and mm-hmm. to be perfectly frank, like uh, some of the drinking on the show, I, I'm already running on fumes. <laughs> so I literally I just throw some alcohol in there. and I'm like, well, let's let's see what comes out because I, I you know, it's uh. That, that's basically the case. And making sausages is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, it, uh, in terms of cooking, it's not easy. Uh, you got to really you got to really take careful care as opposed to uh, careless care um, at every step. And if you fuck it up, uh, you might poison someone.
1: Mm. Your sausage.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like it's high stakes. Uh, the game is on the line um and that's I, I think i think that's just what pgc is right it's uh it's kind of a frank picture of you know if you worked all day and you tried hard at you know not necessarily hard but you you tried to make something and you're a normal person what would it be like and that, that's definitely what this was mm-hmm. um the, the the I believe in the beginning of the episode you saw Kevin giving me a hard time,
1: <laughs> uh,
3: and that that's just that's just how it is. I it's it was one of those things where it took a really really long time. We fucked it up a whole bunch of times. I don't even think all the fuck ups ended up in the episode because we try to like pick the funniest parts of the fuck ups. Uh, but you know sometimes sometimes it's not funny. Sometimes I just can't fucking take it no more.
2: Do your best until you don't want to do your best anymore, and that is words to live by.
3: Yeah, I, I think that there's—it's obvious in the episodes. There's a, a declining amount of fucks that are given. Uh, and it, it, it's, Start with it, a
2: full it, fuck bank, and it just just yeah, dips.
3: it's exactly correlated to mm-hmm. how much energy I got left. Uh, and a lot of times, the alcohol carry me through like part of that, where I'm like, "Whoa, let's just ride this one out." But when I gotta struggle a lot. Oh, goddamn, That's, that's tough.
2: That's tough. Yeah. And I, I can say from being experienced and being on site and that that's pretty much how it goes. And I, I know how long it takes because, uh, before we made, and we're going to get to my episode at the, the end, cause it was the last one to come out. But, uh, by the time I warned you in advance, that's a three hour recipe, but by the time you're eating, it's nine, nine thirty in the evening and you've consumed nothing since lunch except alcohol. So yeah, it does, uh. That's why at the end of our episode, the uh, it definitely didn't stew as long as it was supposed to. It still turned out pretty good, uh, but uh, yeah, food needed to happen in that instance very badly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so. and that's that's a judgment call, right? You gotta yep. you, you know you gotta not let the uh, the the pretty good get in the way of the pretty great.
2: That hundred percent. So our next episode we're gonna get into right out of that one is we're gonna talk yakitori time. So. Uh, I'll play a, a clip from the beginning of our Yakitori episode, which I find rather wonderful.
3: Different kinds because of what I got. This is Yamasa. Just like one cup. No, I don't need cup number two. This is Kikoman. They could be here for years.
0: No one but us knows you're not actually peeing.
3: I'm not peeing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so again, I absolutely love that part of the episode, especially your face. Like your, your face sells that more than anything. And then uh, we go on from there to uh, your deboning skills. So uh, how, how has uh, that progressed? Because basically what I saw was you ripping some skin off and then just kind of sliding a knife at it and then throwing it off to the side and saying it. Hey, we were done. How, how are we now?
3: Uh, I'm not any better at it today mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I was then. Um. And, and, you know, it's one of the, okay, so I, th- just backing up, I was inspired to make this episode uh, because I watched a few videos of um, this guy named uh, At Sushi Kono. Okay. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, no, that's his name. Um, and I, I watched several videos of this guy. He's, he's like a, a top-performing yakitori chef. Right. Uh, And so he he was talking about like breaking down a whole chicken and there's like it's probably like 20 ish cuts or whatever that he's he's doing. But i am like that's that's way more than I've ever worked with a chicken before. That's crazy. So I watched him like rip apart this chicken. And you know he's done thousands and thousands of chickens and I've cut like a handful. Right. So I was like "Ah, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But I wonder if I can kind of bullshit my way through getting to some of that so I can understand what what's going into this process. Uh, one of the challenges I ran into with that episode is that for whatever reason, the stores we went to that day didn't have whole chickens.
1: Mm. Uh,
3: so I was not able to find a lot of the cuts that I wanted to. Um, and I don't totally recall exactly what we put in the episode, but like, there are parts for traditional yakitori that are like, this is a chicken butt, mm-hmm. and this is the the knee cartilage of a yeah, chicken. I,
2: I wa I think I watched the same video that you're talking about. Come to think of it, and I think from he also does uh the cartilage.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I watched that too. They're so like, here we're all, just gonna, we're gonna grill like, up this crunchy shit. Like, Ew, why? But eh. yeah, all,
3: all kinds of shit that I have no appreciation for. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was trying to expand my horizons. So I was trying to, I was like, let me see if I can make something like that and see how it goes. Um, so, I, you know, I, I uh, was a little disheartened uh, by the fact that I couldn't find a full chicken. So I kind of was just like, well, let's let's see if we can try and make some of the more iconic ones. So I got some stuff with some skin. Uh, it was a struggle.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but,
3: you know, life is a struggle. you gotta, you got to work all the goddamn time. That's...
2: Ain't that the truth? It,
3: it <laughs> I, I was I was pretty satisfied with the results. Um, I, mean, I will say that the sauce mm-hmm. that we made for the show is one of the most tasty things I've ever made. Um, I actually, but I was, it's all ingredients that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. But cooking it down with some chicken bones, uh, my god, that sauce was addictive. I feel like you could have put that on shit and then grilled <laughs> it, and it would have been delicious.
2: And how do you think the uh, the grease fire uh, uh, affected the flavor? Because that was quite the fire.
3: Um, it, you know, it it maybe burned some stuff, but it, it really didn't have too much of an impact. Um, I'll just I'll just say that it was fine because it, it was. It was fine.
2: A- and I think uh, this is a little bit longer of a clip, and I'm gonna refill during this clip. But uh, for of some more delicious Colonel E. H. Taylor small batch bottled and bond 100. percent uh, anyway, um, that uh, I think speaks to the, the conversation we had to end the last series, um, which is uh, how, how Phil uh, f- feels near the end of uh, an episode.
3: Sauce in the balls. Carry on. The meatballs. Need more time. Not optimistic. This might be a fail. And if it is? I don't know. I'm pretty full. I don't care. I don't want to cook no more. So hopefully these get done. I don't want to cook no more. I want to be done cooking. I hate it. The meatballs are almost done, I, I guess. Who knows? Really? Who knows anything about cooking? Not me. Okay, home stretch, baby. These meatballs is done
0: And we're done. Okay. It's cold out here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. so that would be the supercut. I know John put some uh, music and a little bit more interlude in between those but uh, I like to do a super cut of basically you complaining um, as the sun set in the background because <laughs> it made me very very happy and uh, getting to know Kevin in person too uh, makes everything he says a thousand times more hysterical because I think the thing people don't realize about Kevin is that's literally Kevin all the time like there's no two Kevins that is a hundred like going into it like I I really wanted to meet Kevin so I was kind of glad he came over that night but uh yeah I was like there's no way like that's just him because he doesn't want to be on camera I'm like no and then after you know hanging out having some drinks outside and stuff no that's 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 Kevin (laughs) it's great it's fantastic
3: (laughs) Kevin's one of a kind
2: yeah he's amazing good dude
3: he is I I tell you what I gotta, I gotta briefly talk about part of why. I want to talk about the creative process, mm. right? Um, so, it, you know the the shows we record. I've had questions of like, is it a character that I play or is it me? Mm. And my answer is that it's a state of mind. Uh, so. Literally, our creative process for a really long time now um, has essentially been for me to like get into a mind state where I just say whatever I, it comes <laughs> to the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And the more alcohol that you throw into there, the weirder it gets. Uh, but that's clearly like that, that is absolutely why, like near the end of long episodes, I get whiny. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. Because it, it's like, literally for hours, I've just been saying whatever the hell comes to the, the top of my head. And at a certain point, like, there's what's left to say, right? Yep. You're the, just like, I want this to be done. Like, catharsis just,
2: reaches a certain end. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get true. it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But it is, uh, um, before I get into the next the next series of clips, too, which is Pita uh, Pizza is where this is very apparent um i'm gonna switch gears uh momentarily uh and we're gonna go into uh a little segment and uh so what this segment is this is the aussie report now what the aussie report is is i tasked our good friend from the uh discord chat server um he goes by hinks his real name is lee um, oh it's, it's our boy hinks it is our boy hinks and he threw together a little uh a little three and a half minute clip for us uh, about a food adventure he's having down in Australia. I asked him to, you know, yes, well, what do you want me to cover? I said, just make it Australian. Uh, so that's what he did for us. So, <laughs> so uh, and of course, uh, he did give us a good audio quality sample. And so, since I'm an asshole, I decided to put a fucking didgeridoo over. <laughs> over the entire thing Uh, so that's also happening Uh, he did not include the didgeridoo so i will take full responsibility for the didgeridoo but uh here's our friend lee
0: g'day everyone my name is lee and this is the australia report for the pretty good cooking podcast bringing you a story about an interesting food item i have discovered over here on the other side of the planet in melbourne australia so for those who don't know me who i'm guessing is pretty much everyone I run a website called ParmaDays which is our search for the perfect version of the dish that we call the chicken parma. I believe you Americans might refer to it as a chicken parm or a chicken parmesan doing my best American accent right there professionally trained. So last week I heard about a little hipster meat pie shop in Footscray going by the name of Pie Thief. One of the interesting things about this place is they were doing all different takes on the meat pie. So for a normal meat pie you'd have your Steak and bacon, cheese and onion, cheese and bacon, egg and bacon—all different types of pies. The interesting thing about Pie Thief is that they're doing some interesting new flavors, like uh, a Thai green curry-flavored pie or a lasagna-flavored pie. Now, the thing that grabbed my attention is that they were also doing a chicken parma-flavored sausage roll. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have sausage rolls over there. A sausage roll, basically, if you don't know, is sausage or hamburger meat mixed with breadcrumbs and onions, shaped into like a tube shape, and then wrapped in pastry, then baked. There's no bread in it sausage roll despite what the name may make you think that it's not a sausage wrapped in a roll so I headed out to Footscray to go to Pie Thief and lo and behold there was a queue out the door about 10 people deep not what I was expecting I wasn't anticipating any lines or anything but apparently this is the new hot place in the area I wanted to go get a chicken parma sausage roll to talk about on the show and after about 10 minutes standing in the queue I got to see the pie warmer and they were actually completely sold out which was pretty devastating I've got to say but I had to make do. So I looked at what they had left. There was a cauliflower pie, a steak and bacon pie, some sort of vegan pie, no sausage rolls at all, but they did have the lasagna pie, which I thought was kind of an interesting idea. I mean, I like lasagna, who doesn't like lasagna? And I like pies. So putting those two things together couldn't go wrong, to be honest. So I decided that a lasagna pie is better than talking about nothing. It's already a pretty tenuous subject matter as it is, to be honest. <laughs> I went up to the counter, Got out my phone to record a bit of clandestine audio, which we will cut to now. Thank you. Hi, I, I can I grab a lasagna, um, a vanilla slice and a coconut. Yes. Uh. Okay, we're back from Pie Thief in Footscray. I have the lasagna pie in front of me. I've just taken a couple of photos. Let's give it a go. Sorry, I'll try not to eat into the mic. Um, hmm. Lasagna pie. You know, you take what you think a lasagna in pastry would taste like. Just imagine that, put that thought in your brain, and that's pretty much exactly what a lasagna pie tastes like. It is lasagna. Actually, it's really just a bolognese sauce. It's a pie filled with bolognese sauce, and on the top, they've got a, uh, a pasta sheet. Cover it with cheese, whack it in the oven, and then you've got yourself a portable lasagna. Will it take the world by storm? I'm not too sure, but you never know. It's a nice little treat, it's a possibility. So, you know, as far as snacks goes, I'd give that a, a 5 out of 10. Held its heat in the car ride home, pretty tasty. Nice flaky pastry with a nice lasagna surprise. Maybe inspiration for a future episode of our Pretty Good Cooking. And with that, I'm done. I hope you enjoyed the Australia Report. My name is Lee, and if you want to follow my quest to find the perfect chicken parma, you can find me at Parmadays.com. that's p-a-r-m-a-d-a-z-e.com. Also Parmadays on any of the social medias. And if Brett and Phil like this, I'll uh, see you next time. Otherwise, you'll never hear from me again. See you later. There you go. How was how great was that?
3: Man, that was incredible. <laughs> that guy's an immaculate
2: professional. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe, right? That's the only. That's the most professional part of this podcast so far. Right there.
3: No, no, that was the theme song.
2: Oh, that's. I apologize. That is the second most professional part of this podcast. It's still, so still
3: pretty. It's still. It's up there. Okay. I'm I uh, I uh, I liked that he gave it a five out of ten.
1: <laughs> also, also that
3: he said that it would it tastes what you would think it would taste like because well, that's how everything tastes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it tastes like the ingredients we put in it.
2: Could you imagine if a lasagna pie didn't taste like lasagna? <laughs> yeah,
3: that that sounds like a, a pizza roll with extra steps.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, the uh just the, he he did send me some picture uh pictures over too. Uh I haven't figured out where to put those yet, but uh yeah, they're um I don't know if you ever had a meat pie, but it literally is just meat pies filled with random shit. I I also really appreciated his um, American accent. That was uh
3: It was good. That was that was believable. Chicken I parmesan. Almost was like, is, is he uh, is he actually from Australia, or is the Australian accent the one he's mm-hmm.
2: making? Mm hmm. He's bihemispherical. I thought you know he was a resident of the U.S. of A. I thought this guy loved freedom too. That's how good that accent was. It was amazing. Uh, but <laughs> so that was uh, that was our friend Lee. Uh, I like the segment. I say I keep the segment in. Do I have a second?
3: I second that, but I don't feel like it matters because you produce this show, so you you do whatever the fuck. Yeah, you
2: but want. here's the thing, Phil. You're the star. You are the star of the no, show.
3: No, I no, I just show up. Um, you, well,
2: it, when you think about, it, isn't that what all stars do? Do you really think that uh, Scarlett Johansson's putting in any effort other than learning her lines and delivering them?
3: I hope she's putting in more effort than I am.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're both just so beautiful. <laughs> 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 when you're both just getting by on looks, uh, so let's see. Uh, anything else I want to mention with the Aussie report? So yeah, so uh, sausage rolls. Um, so that we- was
3: that was good. I uh, I, I got I do have to I do have to say now that I don't get excited about hand pies Mm-mm. or literally anything that's like it's a, you know it's a series of ingredients that we put in some dough. And like maybe the exception to that is the calzone, mm. but that's just because it's pizza. and you're like, who, who's going to fuck with pizza? I'm not, I'd, if, someone, if someone wants to come on this show and argue to me that pizza is not good, they are welcome to come here, and I will teach them a lesson because they, they are <laughs> wrong.
2: Fight they are karate. objectively
3: wrong and morally wrong.
2: You know, you know what's great about that comment you just made is it leads us into our next topic, which are pita pizzas. Perfect. See, you see how? See, you are fully contributing to this podcast, Phil. This is a hundred percent you, one hundred percent. I mean, I showed you the show prep. Here, let me for uh, for Phil again. Here, right in front of the camera. Look at that pita pizza. That's up next. So.
3: Before we before we recorded this, you gave me a rough outline. <laughs> yeah. And I read it like three times. That's more than I usually read things. <laughs>
2: That's prep. That's again prep. And I'm honored. 100% yeah, honored. So pita pizzas. Um, and again, this was uh, really carried on the spirit of the Yakitori episode where um, it was blatantly obvious you didn't want to film that day. You weren't excited about what you are making. You were hungry and you just wanted it to be all over with. And in the end, because you burned the crap out of some of them, you were just annoyed. But you plan on eating it anyway. So I think really uh, this first clip... Uh, sets the mood uh, with an aggressiveness towards the audience in general.
3: Here's something to know about pizza. Especially when you're making a tiny pizza. Don't add too much sauce. I am a sauce slut and I always want to add more sauce, but it just doesn't cook as well if you do. So very thin is the way to go. I mean, you really just spoon it all over the place. You'll see like in the traditional pizza style, they'll like have, they'll use one little ladle of sauce for a big ass pizza. Just think about that. Use your brain and think about that. I know it's hard, don't use your brain every day, but I want you to try. Okay, the sauce.
2: So, so it starts off very informational and ends with insulting your audience.
3: Thoughts? No, 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 no. I'm not insulting them. <laughs> this is this is no, 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 no. You you you're misinterpreting that. Okay, so this this is uh, this is this is re- relationship building with mm. the audience, right? I am I'm trying to communicate that me with my brain. Mm. I like a lot of sauce on a pizza. OK, so if I'm going to order a pizza from a shitty place, say like a pizza, Hut, I'm going I'm to check that box. that says give me that extra sauce. Now, that's that's a that takes a lot of trust in the ne'er do well who's making that pizza, you know, because they they're probably making bullshit an hour. Right. And if you say, give me some extra sauce, are they going to have good judgment when they put that extra amount of sauce? It might be too much sauce. It might be basically the same amount of sauce. But if they, if they do it right, then it's nice. And I, it's just because I like sauce. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to communicate is that, like, you might have a preference, okay? You might have a preference that's like, oh, I like a lot of sauce on my pizza. Give me more sauce. But you have to show restraint. you got to fight your instincts. you got to use your brain and be like, I mm-hmm. like a lot of sauce. But in this context, that may not be appropriate.
2: So when you say that it's hard to use your brain and you don't use it every day, that's what you were saying.
3: It's, it's Sometimes <laughs> I use uh, the second person mm-hmm. in that kind of context to talk about my own experiences. Okay. okay. And that's, that, helps, that helps build a relationship with the viewer. It's like I feel this way, but I say that you feel this way. And by doing that, they're like, oh, yeah, I do feel that way. Hmm. 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 I learned about it in business school.
2: Okay. Okay. So you're 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 uh, using your education, which is very important. You're using that, your brain.
3: That was a lie. I ne- we never talked
2: about. Okay. That. Well, I was trying to relate. I apologize. You uh,
3: learned about this in business school.
2: I wasn't. I was. Uh, true talk. I was a advertising and public relations uh, undergrad. Uh, uh, so we didn't really do the business. We, instead of business, we did the bullshit. So you give me your business, I'll do the bullshit. And really, a lot of
3: you like a lot of sauce on your pizza.
2: Oh, it really depends on the sauce. It really does. So, and it depends on the pizza. If it's like a good New York style pizza, no, hundred percent no, because that's just gonna make that that beautiful crust soggy and gross. But if we're talking Chicago style or Detroit style, you know you. you can you can load up you can load up
3: I just eat the sauce out the jar man
2: yeah I, I noticed uh, that was actually during the what uh, no I think you did that during the the Italian was that during the Italian sausage where you just started chugging the jar of pre-made sauce
3: I don't know it's just a sample that <laughs> was just making sure it
2: was good well that's important it, it, you know what it's quality control and that's what we've uh, come to know and love uh, I
3: think that was actually in the pita pizzas um, and that sauce I used was a local sauce. Mm-hmm. It's like a local, uh, local business. It's a family business. Uh, my wife, I think works with one of those, the, one of the family. Mm. They're, they're pretty famous in uh, central Ohio where I live. And, uh, gotta say, I don't think that sauce was very
2: good. Oh, fire. You know what though? Uh, we have um it's out of like philadelphia area if i remember correctly uh a family line of tomato products too called talarico's um the only one i like that they make is they make a um like a hot dog sauce that's pretty good but yeah all their their pizza and uh they want called like sunday marinara yeah it's all garbage you know honestly the only i only like a lot of pre-made ones but the pre-made pizza sauce i like is that Muir Glen organic uh, pizza sauce? I think they're pretty good. Um, I think Muir Glen. Yeah, you've had it before. You've had, um, I think, one of the tom- uh, the fire roasted tomatoes in one episode. You got them. Mu- it's M U oh, I R.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the. Um, I, I know that. Yeah, I know yeah, that
2: and they're like what a couple of cents more than the non organic stuff. Um, you can find them everywhere, but I think they're uh, they're canned pizza sauces actually. Uh, Quite good. And that's actually normally what I use for pita pizzas and stuff because I'm not going to make, like you said, don't make your own sauce and shit because you're making tiny little pizzas. Who gives a fuck? So yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, Muir Glen sauce. Mm-hmm. Four stars out of five on Amazon.
2: Is that is that do we consider four stars out of five good? Out of how that's many? A,
3: that's eighty percent. four stars out of four stars out of five. How many?
2: How many? Well, four
3: stars out of five out of. Wait.
2: You son of a bitch! Like
3: hundred stars, probably. <laughs> no,
2: how how many people rated it? So it was what I was getting at.
3: Oh, you um, thousand. Yeah. All
2: right, so you got no, a good you got a good no. sample. One hundred and fifty. <laughs> it's still it's still a good sample That's size. Not thousand. So you know, four out of five would recommend. That's all I need. And then again, when you look at what
3: if at- is it is it dentists or is it uh, <laughs> robots?
2: I don't know. who who who's opening these cans? Who knows? But here's the thing about, uh, if you ever read the Amazon, because again, you'll, you'll get like somebody from some foreign land who gave it one star and says, great product, love it. Then why is it one star? Do they think one star is good? And they'll just throw it off. So you really got to you gotta cut out the outliers and then look in the middle. That's what I say. Okay. I'm just some guy. Anyway. Okay,
3: Mr. Data
2: Man. That's me. I'm Data Guy. Moving on through pita pizzas, again, uh, uh, I think as the attitude prevails, that's what takes us into this next little clip.
3: I like garlic. You can do your best. Just do better than me. That's all you got to do. you just target doing better than me, you'll be fine.
2: So that's the point in the episode, I think, when we all realize you don't want to be doing this tonight. So take us through what what was going on in Phil's mind on the night of this one.
3: I think I just had like a really exhausting day at work. And that happens, right? My, my work... Uh, 100%.
2: Huh? 100% agree.
3: Huh? Yeah. My, my work, I, you know, got the slow days, you got the busy days. And then the busy days, I just like talk to people all day long. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, uh, cook, cooking has been my hobby for a long time. And I, I love cooking. Um, but, you know, the, the more... Uh, the more I develop as a professional, like the, the less um, enthusiasm I have for cooking every day, mm-hmm. and that's that's okay. Like you know, you don't have to cook every day nope. to enjoy it. Um, but you know, we we work on a, a regular filming schedule, so that that explains part of the variety in the episodes, right? So like, some days I'm feeling good, some days I'm feeling bad, and that's that's just how it goes. That that day, like. Sometimes I have days at work where I like it's a blur, like the whole I was so busy the whole time I don't know what the fuck happened. I come home, do I want to cook? No, but I gotta I gotta do it for the the, the show,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: that that's fine. Like I, I think that being in that place is fine. I am comfortable being less than enthusiastic about cooking because a lot of times people are cooking they don't want to be cooking they got they're cooking because they gotta be cooking. And so I, I think that's part of why I uh, am okay with it in that so like so many people over the years have been like, Oh man, I saw your shows. You don't give a fuck. You're like <laughs> irritated. You're grumpy. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't cooked in a really long time, but I was like, man, if this guy is like, he's grouchy, he doesn't want to cook, but he's still managing to make something that you know looks edible. I could do that too. And so that, that's, that's what I, uh, that, that's why I'm okay with it. Like I am comfortable looking less than stellar on film uh, because that that's how life is, right? Like some days you're great, sometimes you're not. And that's
2: and I, uh, I, that's the beauty of uh, PGC in general because it's uh, it's honest. I know. Yeah,
3: that's 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 <laughs> really the most important part to me is like th- this is this is not polished. This is most for the most part not planned. Uh, but there, I've just had so many really wonderful conversations with people who are like, you know, I I watch professional chefs and they just jerk off about the food and mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I could ever do it. Uh, but food should be approachable. Like, you're, you are you got to eat one way or the other. Uh, you know, you might as well get somewhat good at cooking because you got to – this is just a fucking basic life skill. Uh, so don't make a big deal about it. Like, if you – Go through the motions for most things. It's going to turn out into something that was better than buying a fucking hamburger or whatever the fuck you were going to do otherwise.
2: Yeah, and, and you don't own plating scissor. Uh, pl- I'm sorry, plating tweezers. I'm guessing. Fuck no, <laughs> exactly.
3: Fuck no, 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 no. no. I, 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 you know, sometimes I get excited about plating, and I, I know like the basics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most I ever do is I'll take a paper towel to the outside yep. of. the... The plate so that it doesn't look like I drooled on the plate or whatever. That
2: That is the secret to my Instagram posts. It is literally just me wiping the plate after I've thrown shit on it. There is no other process in plating. It's I plate in the manner of the amount of foods of each thing I've cooked that I want to actually consume. Yeah, <laughs> That's about it. It's like, I want this amount of this food, and I would like this amount of this food, and the vegetables... A couple of these on the side would be nice. <laughs> and that's, and true that's, that's true story. Always.
3: When I uh, when I cook just for me and my wife, uh, I spend some extra time plating her her plate because she's more likely to post it on Instagram.
2: Well, there you go. 100%. But my
3: plate looks like garbage.
2: <laughs> just a garbage plate. So we probably beat pita pizzas to death. You burned them. You're up. You're not in the mood. It's okay. No, none, none of us. Uh. I
3: didn't burn them that bad. They were, they were, they tasted good.
2: They were light. They were. Uh, what do they call? It? Fire kissed. Fire kissed on the bottom.
3: No, no, they were just a little burnt. Okay, they just weren't that burnt.
2: <laughs> yes. They were
3: burnt like your mom had a long day because I had a long day. <laughs> goddammit. it!
2: You leave my sweet mother out of this. She's a goddamn saint oh so that'll bring us into actually probably the last before we get to the last two episodes uh let's break off into some other segments uh so the first segment i'm going to get into is again this is one that i came up with in my mind because for some reason i thought it'd be enjoyable uh so what this segment is going to be called is uh what's phil eating uh and the point of this is to go through uh What's Phil currently eating? You know, what's his current love right now? I know he's pickling a lot, so we'll get into that in that a second. I'm gonna play the little opening bit to this segment.
3: What is Phil eating? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fine assembly of robot voices.
2: <laughs> in in. Um, a magical mix of languages. So, uh, each one of those asks is, uh, "What's Phil eating?" So, uh, let's see. When I was over, you started pickling some ramps and some other goodies, and I got to uh, partake in a couple of those. But, so, uh, what's going on in your uh, kitchen right now?
3: Okay, um, so I'm trying a modified diet, trying to slim down a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm skipping breakfast,
1: mm-hmm. and that's
3: that's uh. That's a big change for me. I, I used to have the same breakfast every day. We documented that <laughs> in an episode. Uh, mm-hmm. so sorry about that. Um,
2: Personal favorite.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm basically eating two meals a day. Um, but yeah, I, right now, uh, as, as you will have seen if you watch any of the garden updates, we haven't done one in a little bit, and we, we need to because we're now in peak production season. Um, So all my garden stuff is just going completely nuts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out ways of, like, how do I keep this around, not let anything go to waste. So I'm pickling stuff left and right. Uh, About, I want to say maybe two months ago, maybe six weeks ago, uh, all my garlic plants shot up scapes. And the scapes are this long, um, almost like a flower stem or tendril. uh, that There's only one per plant, but it is the garlic plant trying to put out something to create seeds, kind of like a flower. Uh, If you trim those off, it helps stimulate bulb growth, Um, but the actual tendril itself, uh, the scape, is delicious. It's kind of like a long asparagus shoot, tastes like garlic. Um, So I I pickled some of those up. Um, In addition to that, uh, in April, I did my annual... Uh, woods Expedition to Harvest some Ramps. Uh, harvesting ramps is a little bit controversial uh, because in some places, ramps are endangered. Mm. Um, this, uh, I, I, my personal take on that is, you know, if if no one else is going to enjoy those plants, I'm going to try to enjoy them, you know, in a reasonable and responsible way. Uh, I don't know, like overharvest or anything. And actually, when I was uh, tramping around in the woods, picking those ramps, um, and definitely not trespassing. I ran into some wild turkeys, which is the first time that I have run into those in Ohio, and it was totally surreal. Uh, I was like, you know, just got done with a forest expedition, and I came out, and there were these these two turkeys that were like just chilling. And at first, I I, I didn't I don't know what I thought they were, but that that was a cool experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so that yeah, I'm pickling. Uh, uh, in addition to those. Um, my cucumber plants are producing cucumbers at a rate where I have to pick, um, probably five or six cucumbers a day. Um, so, you know, how many cucumbers can one man eat or one man and his (laughs) wife eat, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm manufacturing all kinds of pickles. Just trying to keep them from going bad. Um, I'm giving them away to people. I'm bringing pickles into the office. (laughs) Uh, one of the analysts that I work with, uh, can go through a jar of pickles per day. Uh, because they like them that much uh, so that's that's really the, the the biggest things I've been working on lately um, I experimented with some lacto fermentation pickles, this was a salt brine
2: mm-hmm.
3: <coughs> one moment while I take a drink
2: oh, 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 oh.
3: throat was getting a little dusty <laughs> yeah, so I used the salt brine recipe that uh, Jimbo recommended mmm and uh, since it's a lactoferment, there's like tons of gas, and I have airlocks for doing that. But Jim didn't talk about that, so I just use regular old jars. I had to burp them
1: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a
3: couple times a day just to let some of that gas go. Uh, and you know, they're they're really interesting. They're they're uh, I think they pass the point of being a half sour. I think they're closer to full sours, because they are so funky mm. and so sour. Um, but that that's been that's been interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I would say on the whole, I've mm-hmm. been eating pretty simply. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've basically been trying to just eat like meat and vegetables, um, and the occasional things. Been really into Greek food. I'm always into Greek food and Lebanese food. Hundred yeah. percent. Some mm-hmm. some of my favorite foods. Um, made tacos last night mm-hmm. with uh, a skirt steak. And, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's basically what I've been eating. I've been eating, have actually been eating pretty darn healthy, uh, recently, you know, trying to, you know, not, uh, it, not succumb to my love of pizza.
2: Well, when, when produce actually tastes good, which is this time of year, it's a lot easier. I find to eat healthy. Oh,
3: you know? absolutely. We, and, and yeah. I feel, um, I feel like I have an extra degree of obligation, right? Cause I put in all the work to grow this food. Mm-hmm. And we just have this continual stream of beans and tomatoes mm-hmm. and cucumbers and peppers and kale and just, like, all this stuff that, like, even if I was eating nothing else, I couldn't eat it all.
2: Yeah. And I so, I planted some yeah, tomatoes I'm, based I'm, off of uh, your recommendation, actually. I, I planted some—we uh, talked about it briefly in the beginning of the season. I wanted something that was, uh, you know, fruit-bearing through the year. You know, basically not one of those— I mean, everything's GMO back to the beginning of time. But, you know, the ones where it grows, grows, grows. And then it's here's 20 bushels of tomatoes you have to consume within a week. Uh, so I, I planted an heirloom uh, indeterminate variety called Black Prince. Um, and they, nice. gr- they grow. Uh, they're, they're larger than, I would say, ooh, larger than a cherry. But they're round. So they're probably the density of a plum tomato. Um, and when they ripen, they turn red, black, purple kind of colored. Um, natives of Siberia, then they're real thick skin, oh. real thick skin, but they're good. Um, so those I've gotten. What's kind of it's when I come home from work, I see what's ripe on the two plants, and I get like uh, two three tomatoes, and you know they're you know three four ounces a piece, but that's my little snack pretty much every day after work. Now is go Hell out yeah. pick a couple of Black Prince tomatoes and enjoy them a little a little salt. But uh, yeah, like you said, no tomato tastes as good as the ones that you make. Uh, what well, you uh, you grow.
3: That's oh, a- absolutely true. Yeah. And I got—I got I to gotta share that um, I'm in—I'm in a battle with my dogs. <laughs> my dogs got—they got a strong taste for tomatoes. They've been mm-hmm. eating tomatoes for years. Uh, you know, some people say tomatoes aren't good for dogs. That—that's all well and good, but how do you convince a dog not to eat tomatoes? They don't speak English, uh, and, and, and
2: they're, so they're Italian. <laughs> your dogs are Midian, Italian, so. What? Your your dogs are I'm, Italian.
3: Yeah, right. Well maybe I yeah. All right, maybe I should learn the Italian hey, What's the matter, you? Yeah. But my my uh especially Vinny, that little shithead, he's eating <laughs> semi ripe tomatoes right off the vine. And we we grow them in such quantities that I don't I don't miss it. Um, and he's you know, he's got small heads, he's got more of a, <laughs> a penchant for eating the cherry tomatoes. Mm. Well they are literally Hundreds and hundreds of, of like sem- somewhat ripe tomatoes, he can eat all those for all I care. I don't care, but the large ones mm-hmm. that are like in process, mm-hmm. it's a larger tomato, so it's a greater loss. And he's gotten like two or three of them where he's like <laughs> not on them and not even picked them off the vine. And it's like, man, could you just could you just direct your thievery towards smaller tomatoes, please? Like,
2: please end the torment.
3: Yeah, it's it's sad. but So we've been picking tomatoes a little bit earlier than we normally would, mm-hmm. letting them ripen up inside just because I, I just don't want to lose any more to my uh, dumb dogs. I'm getting
2: to that. So there, I do uh, all uh, container gardening. So the, with my house, I have a good size yard. I have like a quarter acre. But my entire backyard, I have a 65-year-old-ish or maybe more old maple tree. It literally shades my entire backyard. And I have a smaller front yard closer to the street, um, but and I face east west, so I get all afternoon sun up front. But I don't really want to dig up my front yard for a garden; it's not really pleasant. So I garden in the front in containers, so then it becomes part of the landscape. Sure, yeah, uh, sure. But uh, when I so that that little thing, that little garden I have, is uh, between my sunroom and my garage. So every day when I pull in, there's this giant tomato, and they're not supposed to be that big, that faces outward towards me every day but it's green the the freaking thing will not ripen but i'm at that point now i'm gonna i'm in a standoff between myself and this tomato because i want to pick it i'm like there's no way this is getting bigger you know it's well it shouldn't be getting bigger based off the species but do i pick it and let it ripen inside or do i just let it happen and right now i'm like let's just let it happen and see what goes
3: my opinion is that if you got like a little bit of color change like that's that's when it's okay you just just wait for a little bit of color change, and then you can,
2: and that's you it. can pick it. And it's tough with these, because these are weird. So it's my first time growing heirloom. So uh, you, you see them turn So the problem is because they turn black, red, and purple. So right now it's light green on the bottom, and it's darker green at the top. So it's not one of the ripe colors. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening. But uh, that's my current standoff. Uh <laughs> I'll let you know by the time this next recording how that standoff ends, but it's getting to a point where it's like I just don't want anything to happen to it because that was that was probably one of the first tomatoes actually to even grow on that plant, but it's still like nope, I'm not ripening. I'm not gonna let you have me. Uh, we're just gonna live like this. So we'll we'll see how that goes.
3: What a what a cliffhanger! Yeah, yeah.
2: The what the, a, the what eternal, a mystery. The, the eternal standoff, Brett versus tomato.
3: I tell you what, I think there's going to be a lot of listeners who are going to look forward to that update. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know what? I think we just gained uh, another six subscribers. Uh, like, oh, man, I have to subscribe. What's going to happen with that tomato? Well, yeah. to, all, all to those and those in and People find out. were
3: like, okay, I listened to a fucking hour of this shit, and it wasn't any good. But
2: We got to the tomato.
3: And now i, I got to find out what happens to that
2: tomato. Wait, wait till they hear the standoff I'm having with the jalapeno, where I planted their quote-unquote mammoth jalapeno plants this year because they were out of the regular jalapeno. And uh, I have this giant jalapeno. There's other ones growing, but this one's massive. And I want to see how mammoth mammoth actually means. So that's the other standoff. So, again, standby on that one, too. Right now it's about the size of my palm, lengthwise. Uh, I want to see if it actually does get bigger than that. I'm assuming it will. We'll see. Stay, stay tuned for episode two for Tomato Jalapeno Gate.
3: Yeah, I think I think that that sounds great.
2: You know what I like about you is your positivity. You set up a bitch.
3: You got, you got to, you got to, you got to maintain that positive outlook. That's
2: true. that's that's it, man. I'll tell you, that's the uh, and I'll speak to the uh, the PGC crowd and the ones that we interact with uh, probably the most. I'd say ninety five percent are uh, probably some of the most positive, uh, fun-loving people you'll meet. So, yeah, A lot of nice people. Really nice people. So I hope they do enjoy this. Um, so I'm going to move on to, the, to our next little bit, and this is the What's Eating Phil segment. Now, what this segment's all about is uh, I think everybody's almost favorite part of interacting with Phil in general is knowing what's bothering you. So again, we're going to have a ridiculous uh, little intro clip for that.
0: <laughs> what is eating Phil?
2: There you go. Now, fun fun little fact about that clip: What's eating Phil doesn't actually translate in those languages. <laughs> So So uh what they're actually saying is what is what is bothering Phil or what is the bother with Phil? So,
3: what is the bother? What
2: is the bother with Phil? What is your current what what's currently grinding your gears, young man?
3: I uh I feel like in the future this segment will be better. <laughs> uh because th- no, to be perfectly frank, like I'm I'm pretty goddamn happy right now. Like things are going great uh no, nothing's nothing's bothering me too much um so
2: that might be uh, the, uh, let me might...
3: think about one thing to complain about <laughs> okay.
2: go for it uh... <laughs> here, here ha- have a break have a drink <laughs> did that help
3: no actually to be perfectly honest this is this has been going a bit longer than I
1: thought, so I'm just fucking cooking dinner now. <laughs>
2: you, you know what? I I agree. So we'll cruise right along past that, and uh, maybe that's a good thing that nothing's bothering you right now. Not no, a bad yeah, thing. no,
3: yeah, I'm I'm happy, man. I uh I got nothing to complain about right now. <laughs> well, i I absolutely will complain about something in the future. Uh, but for today, I'm feeling happy today. That's, good. that's what I gotta say. Well, this is
2: your soundboard for it, so there you go. So we'll move on to the last two episodes uh, since this podcast is being recorded. And that's uh, the Tacos El Pastor and then the Ropa Vieja episode. So uh, just moving on to the tacos quick. Um, And again, this is my intro uh, for that episode.
3: Next up is Aki Akiote Molito. Molito means ground. Akiote is uh, ground annatto seeds. I don't know what the f these taste like. Most of these recipes call for achiote paste, which is basically this shit with a bunch of the other flavors that we're putting in. That smells sweet, almost minty. Let's give that a taste. It's very dry. I don't even know how to describe it. That's really interesting. But it definitely has like a minty thing going on.
2: So that was your introduction to Akiote.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I uh, I never had that before, like knowingly.
2: <laughs> so probably if you have ever had anything red colored in any kind of Spanish or Latin cooking, you probably have just didn't know it. Um, now you've used it in both this episode and then the next episode. So have we narrowed down the flavor? I know I haven't. I cook with it all the time and I can't tell you. All I know is when I want to make yellow rice, I put a packet of that in there and it makes it yellow rice and it tastes a little bit different and it makes me happy. And that's about it.
3: Um, I'll just say that uh, you know people talk about learning experiences where they're like, "Yeah, I tried this new thing and uh, really, really changed my view." Uh, for for that, I didn't learn anything. I don't. I still don't fucking know what that tastes like. <laughs> I don't,
2: don't either. And then that episode. So that one went it was a longer episode too, and you made some auxiliary meats just in case the. Uh, the planned meat didn't work out to your liking. But I think uh, past the auxiliary meat in the assembly, I think that was a pretty straightforward video. Uh, I think we moved on to uh, your new grill lighting uh, technique, which is what this next clip is in reference to.
3: I think we're going to get the grill going, because we going to grill this. Oh boy. Okay, so we've done a lot of grill episodes this year. You've seen how I like grills. I'm lighting a grill. But I found a new lazy bullshit way of doing it. But you know, it's now my favorite way to do it. We literally just use a blowtorch. And I got some, like, coals from the previous grill. I literally take that blowtorch, I just heat up some coals in there, and then it's done. Alright, you see that? That's the area I use blow on it. So those coals are hot enough that I'm literally just going to put this on here, turn my grill like I normally would, put the airflow. It'll be ready in like 10 minutes. It's bullshit. I love this thing. So, so,
2: <laughs> so that's your new toy, the blowtorch. <laughs> and uh, what's the OSHA recommendation on that? I'm both turning it upside down and using it in such a way. <laughs> so, yeah, it can't be
3: safe, but it's working for me, man. I, I, uh, I want to tell everyone I got that uh, blowtorch. Um, from my good buddy Tyler, uh, Tyler being Marlena's now ex-boyfriend.
2: Dun dun dun.
3: Yeah, Tyler's a good dude. Uh, I've known him for a number of years, um, and he he actually moved cities, mm. uh, and so did so did Marlena. And I I, I think on the show we had talked about. Marlena not not being in town no more.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, On the I think the 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 vegan tendies episode.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, when they were both they both moved to different areas, uh, they gave me a bunch of stuff. I didn't ask for any of it, um, but one of those things was that blowtorch, and God damn, that thing is fun to use. It's just it's so versatile. You mm-hmm. can do all kinds of shit with it.
1: Yeah, I use so mean...
3: that. I've just been literally finding. I, I don't know. It's become like an everyday tool. Like it's mm-hmm. like a knife or a pair of tongs. It's my blowtorch. I just, I just burn shit with it.
2: Yeah, I have a Burns BenzoMatic BenzoMatic uh, blowtorch. It's a one of those uh, brazing ones. You're supposed to use to like melt metal to put copper together, and that's what I use to sear my meat after it's been sous vide. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm on board with the blowtorch 100%. I also use mine to light charcoal. So I have a fire pit out back that actually is a, a grill top fire pit um, and it has a little stainless steel insert. And literally the reason to do that is so that you can cook on it. And uh, I fill that up with a bunch of hickory charcoal and I just hit it with the blowtorch. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I can I can also recommend. Um, I don't think on that it says you can't use it upside down or anything that I, I don't know. It's probably not safe. I don't care. It
3: just feels like something that wouldn't be safe.
2: Yeah. I don't know if yours has it but the uh this one because it's meant for actual industrial use and not food um it has like a stay on button so when you click it in and you push down the button it just continues to be fire until you click that button again so you don't even have to have your fa- your hand on the trigger there's like no failsafe. it just literally I will keep burning until I'm out of fuel so you drop it in something you're uh yeah you're you're, you're done
3: for That's actually the this blowtorch it doesn't it's kind of similar. Hmm, I mean, you you turn that switch on, and as long as that switch is on, it keeps going.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what though, blowtorch. Uh, you've heard it here first. Uh, that is a must-have kitchen tool.
3: I yeah. I uh, I like, I like having a simplistic setup, and I've adopted that thing, like it's like it's just part of the regular toolkit. Oh yeah. So I yeah, I strongly recommend.
2: Yeah, when you need color on something that's not coming out the way you want and you don't want to keep it in the uh, oven or something longer because you think you're going to dry it out, blowtorch. Trust me, blowtorch. Uh, And then uh, either go that method. And the one you have, I believe they do actually sell it like kitchen supply places. The one I have, you can get at Lowe's. And there's actually a company called Searsall. You can find them on Amazon and then their own website. They actually sell, it looks like a showerhead. Um, that distributes across a fine mesh that flame at the same like 40,000 BTUs or wherever it is um, that's meant specifically for searing meat. But uh, if you feel like investing, it's, uh, yeah, blowtorch. (laughs) So anyway, that's our taco episode uh, now that you're frying up your dinner. Uh, So we'll get into – well, first of all, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that we're skipping the fucking salad episode, Phil.
3: Okay. uh, Well. Okay, number one, we don't we don't gotta rush to nothing. I'm I'm literally just making dinner because no I'm no hungry.
2: no no, I'm just telling you I'm I'm literally skipping. I didn't do any prep based on that salad episode because oh, yeah. because so neither that, did you. Okay,
3: all right, okay. So that episode was supposed to be a, a Friday episode, right? It's like a bonus content, uh, but I don't. I'm not the one who decides what comes out <laughs> when, right? So that's John. John is, uh, is the guy who decides that. And when John has, like, vacations lined up, or he's, he's uh, I don't know, going through something in life, sometimes he will put out some, like, slower content, or some content that doesn't perhaps fit the typical parameters of what we would put out. Um, but the whole point of that was just to show, like, <laughs> Hey look, it's pretty early in the garden seasoning uh, season, rather, and we're already able to make a pretty nice meal out of the stuff we grew. And and so that that's all it was, right? It was supposed to be bonus content. Uh old, old Johnny Boy decided to put it out on a Tuesday and therefore some people were less than thrilled. Uh, <laughs> I, I kinda I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but I think this coming Tuesday might be in the similar vein which yes. is you know even even more to my dismay because I try not to disappoint people more than once a month <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a you know that's a pretty reasonable objective don't disappoint your fan base more than once a month uh, but you know that's life sometimes uh, sometimes things are out of your control
2: absolutely life gets in the way so we'll move on to the last one uh, that was released before this uh, this taping which was the one that my beautiful chubby butt was on, um, which is the Ropa Vieja episode. Uh, so we'll get into it since it's causing controversy already, and that's the uh, the claim of it being Dominican. So, uh, yes, Phil and I had the conversation before filming. Yes, the conversation went as, what is this? It's Cuban. It's this. It's The answer is uh, Latin Caribbean, I guess, is probably the best. Um, Dominican Republic does have the same dish. They call it carne, I want to say rapida or something like that, uh, something similar. Um, Puerto Rico has the ropa vieja, uh, Cuba. They call it one of their national dishes, although not officially. Uh, so it's Cuban, it's Puerto Rican, it's Dominican. Um, where I'm from here in the in the Eastern Pennsylvania area, we have uh, a very large uh, Puerto Rican and Dominican uh, population, which means we get some pretty damn amazing food. Uh, But it also means it's funny because the Latin culture almost is a melting pot, a miniature melting pot. So uh, most of the restaurants in our area are both Dominican and Puerto Rican combined into one, um, which you would think is a little odd. But it's just because the population can allow for such a thing to happen. Um, They typically have it. So they normally have uh, both kinds of dishes. They both have uh, Dominican. So you'll see, you know, mofongo with ropa vieja and bacalao and morcia and all that good stuff. Um, So it is all kind of together. So. Um, just background on why that was happening. But uh, so we'll just get into the the intro of the episode. And the reason I include this is because it sort of introduces myself as well.
3: Hi, I'm Phil. Hi, I'm Brett. This is Brett, a longtime fan and contributor to PGC. He crossed multiple state lines all the way from Pennsylvania to Ohio. Look it up on the map. You go through two. Tonight on the show, we're going to make ropa vieja.
2: So that was my first interaction with, uh, with Phil in the filming of PGC, which was uh, quite the experience in itself. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, for all those listening, I, I guess this is part of the, probably part of the podcast where I talk more, is uh, Phil uh, is, uh, shows great hospitality towards his guests. Um, he makes you feel welcome. Uh, he's very generous as a person. Um, he's kind. He's exactly who you would expect. He's not some uh, some person who puts on some sort of act of uh, being a friendly Midwestern fella. Um, he's like that from the start. Uh, gracious, uh, I had a really good time. And again, I've, I've I've thanked Phil before, but I'll thank him again. Thank you for having me over, and uh, I had a really nice time. So thank you again.
1: Yeah,
3: of course. It was. It, I agree. It was a good time.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely a uh, an experience. Now. Um, I'd like to say that I, I traveled, uh, seven hours to come just to hang out with Phil, but that would, uh, that would be a lie. <laughs> it just so happened. I was, I was in the area visiting uh, a longtime friend who ended up living like, what, like five blocks from you. It's one of those yeah, super we- close. Yeah. It's one of those weird small world things that just kind of worked out, but, uh, that's how we got to Ropa Vieja. Uh, I'm going to get into a second clip right away because it does happen early in the episode, but I think it's, uh, um, being there and then watching it again, uh, it's funny when you when you watch yourself, I don't think you have as many laugh out loud moments as you did while you're there. Uh, but this part made me laugh out loud again because I forgot about it, but it really made me giggle once I watched it again.
3: Okay, so um half of five and so two and three quarters oh no. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this one just like that. We'll save that for later. You're gonna put it in the drawer. <laughs> save it for later. Don't judge me. <laughs> judge me. <laughs> gonna put it in the drawer. Yeah,
1: dude. This
3: is my meat drawer where I store raw meat for later. You never know when you'll just need quick access to raw meat. Okay
2: so at the time that cracked me the fuck up now it still makes me laugh just you standing there with a dangling piece of meat open so again i don't know your kitchen so when you said you know i'm just gonna store this for later and that's why i was laughing so funny like at at the time that it happened because you're just opening a bottom drawer while holding a piece of meat i literally thought you were going to throw a piece of meat in a drawer i'm like i don't know if this is what happens normally when you don't want to use something (laughs) Like, and that's why it was so funny and then when John called you out like so you're just going to put the meat in a drawer <laughs> it was just so good <laughs> I'm not
3: going to lie that would be some real psychopath shit <laughs> right? like,
2: we'll just save this for later pull out good, a good
3: old meat drawer
2: <laughs> just unrefrigerated rotting meat <clears throat> that would have been absolutely fantastic uh, yeah. so that uh, yeah so that episode the um, reason I can speak to it more just because uh, you know I was involved, but I did post the recipe on the, on the YouTube uh, in the comments. So if anybody wants to follow it, I can. Uh, uh, it is pretty much stolen from Goya with some changes. Um, it's very similar to a Goya recipe. That's why you see so much Goya. But I'll be honest, I've substituted out the Goya ingredients on that. And I've also tried to make my own sofrito instead. And it's better when I just use the crap that they already make. Eggie, Vinny. Shush. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh that Goya's got it on lock. I'll tell you that much right now. And uh, that brings me to my next point: that we are currently looking for a Goya sponsorship. Now Phil's too modest to admit this, but uh, both the pretty good cooking YouTube channel and the PGC podcast, uh, you know, there's a certain outlay of uh, costs involved to in producing this fine content for all you listeners and watchers out there, and nothing would help that more. Then a sponsorship by Goya Foods. Now, not a lot of you might know about Goya Foods and the uh, the Ortiz uh, family who started Goya Foods. But a quick Wikipedia search uh, will lead you to, uh, to know that uh, Goya is still family-owned to this day. Um, I think they're the third wealthiest uh, Latin family in America, a true success story. Uh, I think they're worth over like... Uh, Multiple billions of dollars. So all I'm saying is a couple of bucks here and there for uh, PGC and the PGC podcast would go a long way. Uh, Phil, will you second me on that? Just say yes.
3: Yep, yes.
2: Yes. So what we're basically asking is, Goya, if you're listening, which you're not, uh, and fans that are listening, uh, please reach out to Goya directly. Uh, I've shared their their handle for Twitter on the Discord server previously. Um, But if I remember correctly and searching my phone quickly while also uh, consuming bourbon um, is going to tell me that that handle is, again, at Goya Foods. That's with an S at Goya Foods, and they would love to hear from you. Uh, just be a little bit more uh, discerning of what you comment on uh, so we don't have Kroger gate all over again. <laughs> uh, which uh, I think, uh, Phil, have you ever talked on what happened with the Kroger sponsorship?
3: Um, well, they never did sponsor us, and so I just want to take a moment to say, fuck Kroger. Uh, fuck but Kroger. The, the other side is that I really appreciated the uh, the gusto and the uh, the the um, enthusiasm with which when I I called on our, our beautiful fan base to harass Kroger into sponsoring <laughs> us. I I think you guys did a great job. My only constructive criticism is that everyone commented on a video that was like a hurricane relief Mm. video that some natural disaster hit somewhere. And Kroger put out a video that was like, Kroger's helping people live after they almost died. And there's no comments on that video other than, you guys should collaborate with Bill (laughs) from PGC. So, <laughs> I really appreciate it, yes. but I also kind of felt like an asshole.
2: <laughs> so, I, I guess uh, what we're saying here is tact. Exercise in good old-fashioned tact might be in order.
3: Uh, just do your best.
2: Yeah, you know what? Do a pretty good job. Um, They're pretty active on Twitter. Um, They show some uh, quick little clips of they have a, a, a Goya head chef. Uh, where he throws together recipes, much like we did, using uh, specifically Goya products. So, what better way to comment on a episode of them using nothing but Goya products, but then to refer them to the video where we're doing nothing but using Goya products and say, "Hey guys, you're right. This is fantastic. Look at the 639 other people that have watched this and also enjoy it. I think that's worth five dollars."
3: You said five dollars.
2: Well, you, that's, you, know what? you know what it is though is You, you lowball with an ask And they're like you know what that's too low Here's a couple, of honey
3: Okay <laughs> That sounds good I, I,
2: I don't know how to negotiate in reverse Phil I'm very sorry
3: <laughs> I just gotta share that like when uh, My dogs were barking I don't know if you heard the doorbell ring But there I was know. like one of those uh, Power oh. company guys with the clipboards Oh I saw that motherfucker yesterday, and he was like lurking around our house when me and Court got home, and I was like, this motherfucker not better talk to me <laughs> when I'm pulling up to my house, trying to take shit into my, my house. And he showed up today, it's the next day, rang my doorbell, and in what I can only consider a uh, a nonverbal communication <laughs> of my true feelings, I walked past the front door <laughs> Which has no covering, so you could just see me. I didn't answer that shit.
2: <laughs> how does how does a sale go with a uh, power company? So I noticed you like electricity. Let me Dude, tell you. Dude,
3: about... I don't fucking know, man. They're always like, the big power company in town subcontracted us, and we can lower your rate because it's the same electricity, but we're a different company. I was like, but you were wearing a shirt for that mother company. So who the fuck do you work for? I don't get it, man. They, like, always are coming out. They're always like, can I see a copy of your electric bill? I'm like, can I see a copy of your uh, birth certificate? And <laughs> also your yeah, asshole card so I can give you a stamp and you can fuck right off?
2: See, so I, I don't know. Phil, you know what just happened? Is I think you just completed the What's Eating Phil section.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> What's Eating Me? Door-to-door electricity Are they salesmen? I don't know. I don't know what they do. The the electric people go door to door. Stop coming to my house. Fuck off.
2: And now that we've gone full circle, I think this is a great end point for uh, this first podcast. I'd like to thank Phil for joining me, taking time out of his busy night. uh, You're welcome. To to join me. Um, I'm nobody. I got to call my mom after this. Perfect. You know what? I have to do the same. (laughs) she has texted me and i also need to do the same after this so after we're bo- after this we're both going to call our mothers who are both saints and wonderful people That's um, true. yes and i'd like to thank everybody for joining i'd like to thank everybody for listening to me as well um you don't know me that well uh if you're in the discord you might know me a little bit better uh especially after a couple of drinks i normally have a lot to say and a lot of opinions to share uh so you know always welcome to join me there uh keep it positive as much as possible. I know Phil's going to reiterate that as well. Uh, Only positivity over there. Uh, Let's all be friends. (laughs) And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, But thank you everybody for joining. Thank you Phil. And with that, um, since Phil likes the intro so much, I'm going to exit with the outro version of our theme and I hope to see all you guys back uh, for the second episode. Thanks again. Okay, bye.
1: Pretty good Took